Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning as we uh, begin a new series, Unlikely Heroes. And uh, it's exciting to see we're uh, starting to collect the Samaritan's Purse boxes. And by three weeks from today, we trust that this whole front will be filled with that. Also, the work at uh, the collection for Bryant School, our neighborhood elementary school. And thank you so many people have been faithful as we... uh, Share God's love with our community and our world. Let's pray and ask for God's blessing on his word this morning. Father, as we come before you, may we recognize that as almighty God, you love us beyond measure. And Lord, as we look at the lives of some of the Old Testament heroes, some maybe not as well known, I pray that you would help us to recognize what you call us to be and what you call us to do. And Lord, may we impact our world for your glory as we serve you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What would you like to be remembered for? Maybe at a memorial service that uh, focuses upon your life, what would you like to be said? Maybe it's what's on your tombstone. And we could share a lot of humorous ones. You can go online. One of the funniest ones I saw was on the one tombstone that said, I told you I was sick, but uh, (laughs) probably not the best thing to be known for. But in Genesis chapter 5, we're introduced to a man named Enoch. Now, not much is said about Enoch in the Bible. His his name is mentioned in the genealogies because he is part of the genealogy that eventually leads to Christ. But in Scripture, there are eight total verses that speak about his life. Now, he may be best known for some of those who were part of his family. His son was Methuselah. Methuselah is famous because he was the oldest man who ever lived, 969 years. His great-grandson was a guy named Noah, the man who built the ark. But although his story was only briefly mentioned, what was said about Enoch was amazing. While the world around him missed it, God considered him a hero. And the ending of his story is miraculous. Now, four of the verses that tell us about Enoch's life are found in Genesis chapter 5. And that's the story of a long walk. Follow along as I read Genesis 5, beginning in verse 21. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, you may think you've gone on some long walks in your life. In fact, this morning, I know there's some people that are out walking the hills, and for many of them, it's just going to be a cold, long walk. But uh, I don't think anybody can top Enoch's walk. Enoch lived 365 years, and he was not, for God took him. But it says that Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Two times in these four verses, the Bible says Enoch walked with God. 
He was in step with God in a world that was out of step. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6 says, He who says he abides in him, in God, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. We also find a miraculous ending to Enoch's story. It says, Enoch was not, for God took him. Genesis chapter 5 could be called the, and then he died chapter. The chapter lists the genealogy of Adam, the first eight generations, uh, excuse me, nine generations of Adam, and it, it introduces us to the man named Noah. But the end of the notation of each of the generations, except one, was very similar. We'll see if you can catch on. I know it's a cold, snowy morning, but uh, we'll see if you can catch on to how each of these notation ends. It says, Adam lived a total of 930 years, and then he died. Seth lived a total of 912 years, and then he died. Enosh, not to be mistaken for Enoch, Enosh lived a total of 905 years. Anybody want to guess? And then he died. Kenan lived a total of 910 years. Mathalilel lived a total of 895 years. Just seeing you're you're sort of weak here, but uh, Jared lived a total of 962 years. Methuselah lived a total of 969 years. Lamech lived a total of 777 years. And then he died. So those... Eight, all came to the same end in their earthly life. Then he died. However, Enoch was different. We see his ending to his narrative in verse 24. It says, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Enoch was one of two people in history who did not die. Remember the other one? His name was Elijah. Elijah was taken up to heaven in a fiery furnace. We even have an old spiritual song that that sings about that. I don't know of any old spirituals that sing about the ending of Enoch, but he and Elijah had similar endings. Enoch was in such harmony with God that God just took him up to heaven. Enoch was also listed in what has been nicknamed the Hall of Faith, found in Hebrews chapter 11. We see that he had a faith that pleased God. Hebrews 11 verses 5 and 6 says this, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, Hebrews 11.5 says that Enoch pleased God. And the Greek word there is connected to the Hebrew term that we found in Genesis 5 translated walked. Enoch aligned himself with God and he pleased God in his actions. And just like the Genesis passage, we see that Enoch bypassed death. Now, I love the phrase there in verse 5. It says, and was not found. It gives a great picture to what took place. 
Now we have a picture up here on the screen, and I want to see if anybody knows who this is. It's not Enoch, by the way. <laughs> anybody have any idea? All right, well, his name is Marvin Clark. Marvin Clark disappeared October 30th, 1926, when he was traveling to Portland, Oregon, to visit his daughter. They began a search for him. But a couple weeks later, his wife received a postcard that was supposedly sent from her husband and had been sent from Bellingham, Washington. And there were also, when that news came out, there were a couple reported sightings of Marvin and Bellingham, which were never corroborated. They offered a reward, $100. For anybody who could come up with information about Marvin, but nothing happened. He wasn't found. Time passed. 1986, the remains of a John Doe were found along the route he would have taken to visit his daughter. And, and they found some things around that decomposed body from the time period which he disappeared. They found a couple coins from that time period and so they thought maybe this is Marvin Clark. Well, they kept the remains and in 2018 they did a DNA test of those remains found in 1986 but it did not match the DNA that they took from relatives who were living at the time. Next Sunday, October 30th, will be a, a, not really a celebration, an anniversary of Marvin's disappearance, 96 years since he disappeared. No one knows what happened. No one has any answers. I wonder how long they looked for Enoch. Was there a search and rescue called? Was there a reward for any information concerning his disappearance? Maybe they made a documentary which put together any clues and facts of the story? Probably not. People probably did not find out any more about what happened to Enoch until the books of the law were published and it came out Near the beginning of the books of the law, we call it Genesis 5, that says Enoch was not, for God took him. Hebrews 11.6 gives us an important description of the faith that Enoch displayed and its vital importance in our life. Verse 6 begins with a simple statement, without faith it is impossible to please God. No matter what we do, we won't please God without faith. The description of faith described in verse 6 is, says that it's a belief that he is, God is, and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It doesn't just stop at belief in the existence of God. The Bible tells us that even the demons believe and tremble. But it's that there is a God, and this God desires to have a relationship with us, and we need to desire to seek him. We will be rewarded. He's faithful in keeping his promises. Enoch was a man of faith, and his life centered on his relationship with God and his desire 
to please him. There's a third passage that shares about Enoch, and that is found in the book of Jude, the second to the last book of the Bible. It's only one chapter in length. And in this account, we see that Enoch had a strong stand. Notice Jude, verses 14 and 15, it says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord came with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they had committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Enoch shared with his generation the importance of following God and the judgment of sin. Now his great-grandson Noah looks like he's a chip off the old block. 2 Peter 2.5 tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. We find that for over a hundred years, Noah challenged the people to repent. But we know the end of that story that uh, no one followed his preaching. Now, we're never told how many people heeded Enoch's warning, but we do know that the world was turning its back on God during the lifetime of Enoch as it led toward the flood coming up a few hundred years later. Genesis 6 tells us that things were so abysmal that by the time that Noah's generation came, God was planning a worldwide judgment. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8 says this, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, evil continually. You get that? Every intent was evil. Going on in verse 6, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, doesn't mean that he made a mistake, but he was pained at the, at the wickedness and utter abysmal activity of man. So he's sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I'm sorry that I have made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Enoch's great-grandson followed along in his great-grandfather's tradition of being a godly man. God brought the judgment of the flood upon the world, and only Noah and his family were spared. Now, do you follow the, uh, the special days? Every day seems to have two or three different things it's known for. You know, we remember things like Father's Day and Mother's Day, right, and things like that. But two days ago was National Heroes Day. Did you know that? Well, you guys, are, you're behind the times. I even got, and to me it was quite humorous because I knew obviously we were starting this series and we're looking at five different uh, some maybe a little bit somewhat unfamiliar Old Testament heroes. And, and on Friday I got an email that said, it's National Heroes Day, and I could purchase a card to send to someone for National Heroes Day. D did you get a card from me? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't purchase any. But, um, but National Heroes Day, when we think of a hero, what do we think of? We think of someone who's 
famous, who, who does something in a moment that catches everyone's attention. Now, sometimes we make heroes out of people who do things that really aren't that important, but they still are our heroes. Sometimes it could be a person that has done a lot of negative things, but in one moment they did something right and everyone notices. But a hero. What's a hero? Who should qualify for that distinction? What made Enoch a hero? He's listed in Hebrews chapter 11, the great hero chapter, the hall of faith. What made him a hero? A man who God whisked up into heaven before he died. And we have a second question that we could ask, not just what makes a hero, and and with that, Enoch. But Enoch was evidently a hero in God's eyes, but did the people around him consider him a hero? Enoch was an unlikely hero. What made him a hero? We see that first and foremost that Enoch aligned his life with God. Well, that did not seem to be considered of much value to the people around him. It pleased God. We often coronate our our heroes for actions with little or no true lasting value, but Enoch focused on what was truly important. And for a person to be a true hero, they must be focused on things that make a difference. Things that are important in life. But oftentimes, if you're anything like me, it's so easy to spend a great amount of our time working on things that really have no value. Oftentimes, they may be things that are urgent, but they're not necessarily things that are that important. But Enoch recognized what was valuable, and that's where he poured his effort. He aligned his life with God. That phrase, Enoch walked with God. He was walking in lockstep with God and God's plan. If you want to be a hero, you need to walk with the right person. Or God. And Enoch was a hero because he aligned his life with God. Enoch also was a hero because he stood when no one else did. It's hard to stand alone. Have you ever, have you ever stood for something and you realized you were in the minority? <laughs> Maybe the very minuscule minority? That's hard, isn't it? It's easy to to be walking along with the crowd. But Enoch walked alone. And he stood for God when the world around him had turned their back on God. You want to be a hero? Stand for and do what's right, no matter how many are standing or doing with you. Enoch was a hero because he stood when no one else did. 
I doubt that Enoch received the uh, award for the most popular person in his graduating class. Remember those? Did, did you guys do those? They're in your yearbook, you know, most likely to do this, all these things. And uh, anybody win any of those awards that you want to share about? All right, okay, yeah, okay, good. We, we may have you come up and share if you'd like, or we may not. But yeah, one of them was most popular. Enoch wouldn't have received the most popular award. But yet he was willing to stand for what was right no matter what. And Enoch was faithful over a long period of time. Often a hero is found in action in the moment and, and many times rightfully so. The building's on fire and that person risks their lives to, to rush in and save a life. An amazing feat and should be recognized. Our first responders that do that all the time, they're heroes. We need to recognize that Enoch was a hero, not necessarily because he what he did in a moment, but, but because of what he did for a lifetime. Enoch walked with God. He was faithful over a long period of time. You know, he didn't evidently receive much fanfare, but he was faithful. There's no evidence in the, that the world around him considered him an, a hero. But Enoch's introduction to that Jude passage is very interesting. It says, now Enoch, the seventh from Adam. What does that mean, Enoch, the seventh from Adam? Well, it was that he was the seventh generation from Adam. And if you, if you look at and you go through the genealogy there in Genesis chapter 5, it lays it out, it starts with Adam and then Seth and goes on down. And you'll see that the seventh generation, as it's laid out there, is Enoch. And you wonder, why did this author Jude introduce Enoch in that way? Enoch, the seventh from Adam. What what was so important about it? Well, probably one of the reasons, we can't know for sure, but one of the reasons would be to, to make sure people understood which Enoch this was. Because Enoch was a name that was used quite often. Maybe sort of like John. I don't know that it was used quite that often. But, you know, when when I walk in a grocery store and somebody says, John, I'll turn. And usually five or six other people will turn, right? Because who they're talking about. So maybe it was for us to understand which Enoch this was. And, And in Genesis... There's one other Enoch mentioned right around the time of this Enoch. And he's actually mentioned in chapter 4, I believe it's verse 16 or 17 if I remember right. And this was Enoch the son of Cain. So he was actually uh, born a little before the Enoch that we're talking about. But there was something that made this Enoch the son of Cain special. They named a city after him. 
That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Anybody in here have a city named after you? I don't see any hands. Some of you were mentioned in your yearbook, but uh, nobody has a city named after him. But this Enoch, son of Cain, had a city named after him, but guess what his life was like? <laughs> wasn't a godly life. But yet to the people around him, this Enoch, son of Cain, was famous. Oh, it would have been great to go out to dinner with him. To be able to, to say that he's, he's friended you. Oh, I've been friended by Enoch. I must be important because he's obviously important. He has a city named after him. I don't think many people were that excited to go to dinner with the Enoch of Genesis 5. But what made him a hero? He was faithful. And God desires for us to be faithful. You know, we like to be noticed. When I was in high school, we uh, started a cross-country team my freshman year. And, and our goal, and we started as freshmen, our goal was that by the end of our high school career, we would have a trophy in the trophy case. Now, I went to Belgrade High School, and we, uh, <clears throat> by the way, we won the state Class B championship three out of five years. Uh, I was on none of those teams. It's not because of me. I'm not boasting there. In fact, my football coach in junior high suggested I could maybe go out for the cross-country team in high school, which happened to be at the same time as football. I don't know why he suggested that, but anyway... And, and I played some basketball, and we had some trophies for basketball. And, and over the years, Belgrade had a lot of trophies and did pretty well in some various sports. And again, Class B at the time. And uh, if you follow sports, now they're Class AA and hardly win. But uh, anyway, uh, so I remember we, we sat down as freshmen, and there were a group of us, and we said, you know, by the time we graduate, we're going to make an impact, and we're going to have some trophies on the tr in that trophy case as you walk into Belgrade High School. This will be great. Well, my senior year, we won one trophy, and it was really big. In our eyes, it was big. And... Uh, you know, our freshman year, if you're familiar with cross country, what happens is they take the top five scores and add them up, and it's sort of like golf. The lowest score wins, but you take your top five runners and add up the place that they're in, and uh, <clears throat> then you add those points together, and, and the team with the lowest score wins. Well, my freshman year, there were 76, I can't believe I can remember this. I forget to get eggs on the way home, but I can remember this in, in 1978. Uh, but we had six runners. You can have up to seven, but only the top five count. And there were 76 runners in the Class B uh, boys cross-country state race. Our fourth, fifth, and sixth runners got 74th, 75th, and 76th. Needless to say, we didn't win. But my senior year, 
We won a trophy. And we were so excited about it. And they put that trophy right up in the middle of the, of the trophy case. So as you walked into Belgrade High School, it was one of the first trophies you saw if you didn't have eye problems because it was sort of small. But it was one of the first trophies you saw. And I was so excited. And I remember I came back my freshman year of college. I came back for a basketball game at Christmas time. And I, and I walked into Belgrade High School and the trophy was gone. They had taken it and evidently put it in a box somewhere. No one knew where it was. You know, I was crushed. We worked so hard for that. But no one seemed to care. What about Enoch? You know, Enoch faithfully followed God. Something much more important than winning a cross-country trophy, by the way. Enoch walked with God faithfully for a lifetime. And although Scripture doesn't give much detail, it sure seems to indicate that no one around him seemed to care. But the most important one of all noticed and cared greatly. And that was God. And Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him. God said, Enoch, you're done there. I'm taking you here. Now, I don't think God plans on taking any of us before we die, unless the rapture comes before then, which it's sure good. But without the rapture interfering, I don't think any of us are going to bypass death. But does God consider us a hero? We may not win awards, have cities named after us, but we can be faithful. And God will use us to impact the world around us for his glory, no matter what our position. Maybe we have a position, maybe we don't. But God, first and foremost, wants us to be faithful. And that's when he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. No matter our occupation, no matter our position, we're called to be faithful. And God has promised that he will use us for his glory when we willingly serve him. Enoch, an unlikely hero. Now next week, we're going to look at a man named Jonathan. And his story is a little different than Enoch's. Jonathan did have an incredible position, but he gave it all up to honor his God. And we'll find out about that next week. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, may we recognize that as Almighty God, you love us more than we can imagine. Lord, we are so grateful that you are a faithful God, that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Lord, help us to be like Enoch. 
Help us to walk with you. Help us to please you. Help us to stand for you. And help us to recognize that that no matter the situation, the circumstances in our life, that you are a faithful God who walks with us. And help us to faithfully walk with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.